There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's Nick and Neil's Summer Millwall History Show. Hello listeners, welcome to uh, the first in a series of, I hope, very interesting summer history shows starring Neil and Nick, and speaking of whom, here is the man himself, my co-pilot, Mr Neil Fizzler. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hello Nick, how you going mate? Superb, the season's over, and we can relax a little bit for a couple of months, can't we? We never switch off, you and me, Fizz, we never switch off. We've always, we, I was I was at Bournemouth on Saturday, listeners, and um, shaking hands with a few people, it was nice to see a few old faces, and one chap said to me, are you going to do a show every day during the summertime? I said, every day? <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how much work goes into doing this stuff? <laughs> it's, it's easier going back to work for me, listeners, I'll tell you, rather than do a show every day, it's a lot. Anyway, we, we are going to do some shows and Neil, I mean, this is a great idea that you had to produce a series of, I'm going to exclude this this edition, listeners, this might be longer, but a series of short history-based shows illustrating some of the stories, names, and colourful personalities of our wonderful club's history. I mean, it's a great idea, Neil. Mate, I can't take all the credit for this. I'm going to say that I've actually nicked somebody else's idea and just applied it to us. I'm okay. actually addicted to history hits podcast Dan Snow. yeah 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 History yeah yeah that comes out every day but we're not going to do it every day every <laughs> <laughs> it would drive me absolutely it would drive me absolutely <laughs> distraction if we did this every day it puts both back in hospital mate i tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah no it takes yeah it takes a good yeah but it can take up to half a day to research everything just so we've got enough content. But the idea is that we're going to produce one or two shows. You'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try and do some shows. And they're going to be about half hour long. Yep. Uh, And just basically, we're just going to discuss things about Millwall history. And uh, we've recorded, what, four now, haven't we? And we're going to start releasing them probably in the next week or so. Once and I've then, edited them up, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it's just reliving, yeah, but as you said, personalities of the past, events of the past, uh, just something to give people something to listen to this summer, and so you get your, so you get your fix of adrenaline th- through your till, Millwall veins, so to speak. Till July the thirtieth, when the new season twenty two twenty three season starts. 
Um, yeah, I, th I think it's a great idea. Um, we're going to hopefully time them. The ideal time for a podcast listeners is between 20 and 30 minutes. Apparently, that's the average railway journey or car journey. So I'm hoping we can pitch those so you can listen to them, uh, if not each morning, on a, on a, on a number of mornings um, going into, into your place of work. But this this first show, Neil, this is like a, a, a season opener. And it links in with the whole concept of the stories and, and people that have made our club. And it also links in with a bit of a debate that's doing around with the departure of Jed Wallace, um, who played his last game in the Mill shirt at, uh, I keep going to call it Dean Court, is the Vitality Stadium, boom, um, last Saturday. And it concerns the whole concept, the overused, hackneyed word, in my opinion, in modern football, Neil, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know what you think of being a legend, a legend in the club. Um, and Jed has been described by some as a Millwall legend. And I don't know about you, but I just think it's a word that gets slightly overcooked in the modern scene. Mate, it's one of the things I absolutely despise about modern football, along with the Alley Alley load of <laughs> nonsense song. Uh, somebody has to be a legend, don't they? And Let's get this right, yeah. Jed Wallace is not a Millwall legend, yeah. He's a he very is, good player. He's not a legend. An excellent player and will be remembered as an excellent player yep. for us and is undoubtedly the best player in this squad. Yeah. Let's yep. get, yeah, get it right. Let's set our stall out. But anybody who says that Jed Wallace is a Millwall legend hasn't been going to this club for more than five minutes. No, yeah. and has no concept of the no. history or the depth of um, playing achievements and managerial achievements. We're going to keep it to playing here, but um, no, you're right. I mean, I, I, and I also want to say that I really have enjoyed Jed's contribution in these past about five or six years, I think he's been with us. He's certainly been one of the most inventive and creative players that um, we've seen in a very long time at the Den. So, you know, you're probably going back for at least 20 years into the uh, the Cahill and, and the uh, and the Mark McGee type of era. Um, but that does not a legend make. So I, I tried to approach this now. And I sent Neil listeners my, my handwritten notes, which I, I, I had a quick look at this morning, and I come to realise it looks a bit like the hieroglyphics at the base of Cleopatra's needle when you read, when you look at them on, a, on an iPhone. But I tried to, um, in my notes, to consider what, does the word legend actually mean? And we've already explored, does it mean, are oh, you a very good player? Um, which we decided it it doesn't. It also has a certain emotional quality. I think a lot of people regard their favourite players of their youth as, as in this category, Neil. I mean, we've all started going at one point or another in, you know, in our younger years. And the players that feature heavily at that point tend to be the ones that spring to your mind when you talk about your favourites of all time um 70s 80s 90s 2000s whatever that might be but i think you've also got to look at something in a bit more depth than just being a favorite player or a kind of an emotional response really it's got to be based on in my opinion at least on some measure of, of their, their their length of service their achievements and their contribution to the club however you might define that how, how do you see the concept of a legend neil let's just say that if jed wallace spent the rest of his career at millwall yeah there's a yeah. chance he could be a Millwall legend, yeah? But he's yeah, been in right. five years, yeah? Yeah. 
was he part of the side that got us promoted from he was in the um, playoff win, wasn't he? He was he was yeah. on, on at Wembley, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, some good really? seasons since. Yeah. As, as, as he won player of the year five years on the trot, because that might that might qualify him as a potential legend. But for me, a legend is one of your all-time great players. Yeah? Yeah, I agree. Uh, that is how you define a legend. And he doesn't come into that category. He comes into probably a category below or even a category below that. Because you've got people like Alex Ray. Is he a club mm. legend? Maybe not. He's still Maybe not. No, no, no. I agree. He's Terry Herlock is probably in between, isn't he? He's one of those. Well, Herlock's an interesting one because many, many people, and I've broached this subject online before now, and um, we had my fingers burned with the fierceness of the reaction. If you dare question um, the legendary status of, say, Terry Herlock, he was a very good player. He was a member of a very particularly fondly remembered period in Mill history, my, my own included. And he also one of the, fa the factors that I tried to consider in my assessment of legendary status, and, and Herlock comes into this, is a, a, are you the embodiment of Millwall Football Club? And in many ways, the fans on the terraces saw themselves in Terry Herlock. But in terms of playing record and... Um, Midfield, a goal scored maybe is unfair area to judge, but certainly appearances. Uh, no, he wouldn't fall into the legendary status. I, I, I still don't think he does come into that that category. But... He's probably actually a legendary figure, legendary rather, figure, yeah, rather than a legendary player. I, yeah, well, I know we're talking a load of nonsense here, and this probably isn't going to make too much sense to people. But I think you've got legendary figures sometimes, and he falls he, into. Category, yeah, he 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 he's, he's and I've put it as like as, I don't know if it's the right word, listeners, but I've put are you the embodiment of Millwall Football Club? And yes, Terry Herlock certainly is because he he represents the fans out there on the pitch. But I think you can't just base it on that either. I think you've got to somehow weigh up um, length of service, contribution, um, this in this vague idea of being an embodiment of the club. And some measure of importance to the club, which these are all fairly subjective terms. But I thought, well, you've got, you've got to try and start somewhere, listeners. Um, and I'm going to exclude managers because we are talking about players here. Because for me, you know, we've spoken many, many times on these history shows about the importance of, of names like Bob Hunter and Tom Thorne, the actual creators of Millwall Football Club. Um, our greatest ever manager was John Doherty, uh, who got us promoted to the highest level that the club could probably ever have dreamed of achieving. Um, but we're going to exclude those. We're talking about playing legends. Um, now, for me, um, I'm going to try and somehow weigh up the the appearance table. Um, you can look on millwallhistory.org.uk, listen, do your own research if you, um, if you want to. But you, you're talking about playing legends post-1921 because that's when this particular website um, begins and the I'm significance of that is yeah, during the Football League nil, um, third division south um, so we're kind of excluding fairly or unfairly some of the great figures of the Victorian Edwardian era um, mostly because we don't really have um, great records of that time in, the, in, in statistical sense, we have some 
you know you have to you have to do some deep research to find out some of the stuff on on those players but players post 1921 are fairly well um depicted on mill history um and i've tried to balance appearances versus contribution and then what i've put <laughs> very poncy word now this is symbolism embodiments contribution and somehow try to come out with an answer at the end of that neil so shall i run my my playing legends in terms of appearances in reverse order the fifth you know, most percent of our listeners was symbolism <laughs> If you want it any other way, listeners, there are other podcasts out there. Go go seeking them right now. Turn this off. Go and find another one. Symbolism. If you put this far. <laughs> we don't care. We don't care. No one likes us. We don't care. But our fifth most um appear the, the highest appearances is a surprising figure, actually. Number five in the um list of appearances, Alan McCleary, you know, 392 starts with 21 off of the substitutes bench um a defender so 10 goals his career was 1982 to 1993 promoted um uh when in the past part of the 1988 side the first division side um would the thought of him as being a lions legend but he's got a, he's got a pretty good um case based on those those figures alone i'd say as a and as a very rock solid defender in part in one of our greatest teams yeah probably isn't a legend, if I'm honest, he, he he's another one who falls into that category just below legendary status. Be remembered as one of our all-time great players. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. feature in my symbolism list, listeners. You'll be glad to know he doesn't feature in the embodiment of Millwall, which is harsh on Alan because I think he was a very good defender. Um, brilliant, and had, brilliant, brilliant yeah. defender. The embodiment. Here we go. I'm sounding like Nick Hart now. <laughs> I played on the other place, and then I wouldn't be using big words like embodiment and symbolism. <laughs> and joint manager, of course, um, in the years preceding the eventual promotion in 2000, 2001, he was joint manager with um, another name that we will come back to with uh, Keith Stevens. Um, number four in the appearance list, Neil, if I may, um, is Neil Harris. 323 starts, 108 off the bench. So there's over What's that? 430-odd appearances, if you combine those two numbers together. A club record goal scorer, 138 goals. Um, with the Lions in two spells, 97 to 2004, then came back 2007 to 11. Um, managed us, of course, promoted as a manager. And as a player, um, promoted as part of the, the championship winning side in, the, um, in 2000, 2001. Um, I'm going to make the case early, Neil, that Neil Harris is strongly placed in the Lions legend stakes. I've got to be honest. Let's put our cards on the table. He's probably Mill's greatest ever player. If not the greatest ever player, he's certainly in the top three. Well, he's, he's, he's top scorer, 138 goals, which is um, a club record. Played in um, the final. And his image, his image is on the railway bridge. So therefore, I put him in my symbolism diagram. I've got I've actually got a diagram here, listeners, of the symbolism list. So, um, is the is the one name I'm going to short circuit my own show here, listeners, or our own show that appears in all three of my lists. So keep Neil Harris's name in your mind. Um, next, the third highest appearances, Neil. 
Um, a legendary name. I mean, if you if you'd have said to me before doing this show, think of a Mill legend, I would have said Harry Cripps. Um, four hundred and thirty-two appearances from nineteen sixty-one to seventy-four. Eleven as a substitute. Thirty-nine goals. That's that's quite a high return for a for a fullback. Um, he's promoted three times in the Mill shirt, listeners. Nineteen sixty-one, sixty-two, which I think was fourth division. Uh, 64 to 65 will be, um, that's from the fourth division again to the third division, I think. And then 65, 66 from the third into the second. And a member, of course, Neil, of the record-breaking home, unbeaten at home run. A very strong case for Harry Cripps, I'd say. Mate, I don't even think anybody needs the Yeah, but this doesn't even warrant discussion, I think. <laughs> I think one, two, no, and three. No. I think people can guess where we're going, and Harry Cripps would have to be in the top three, in my opinion. Does it depend on your age, Neil? Um, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the debate I saw online about Jed, um, and this is not a knock Jed show, far from it, listeners. But I think the younger you are, the more you appreciate the players of your quite recent youth. Um, you and I um, being slightly longer in the tooth, and I actually saw Cripps play in a Millwall shirt. Um, somehow maybe it's the same syndrome only stretched over a longer period of time for me it was self-evident this moment I stepped across the threshold of the of Coldblow Lane the old den how highly regarded Harry Cripps was in the crowd he was and was seen as we've mentioned Herlock already but if you want the embodiment of Millwall Football Club it was Harry Cripps in the eyes he of the was fans leader, wasn't he? he was a leader on the pitch and he was almost a leader on the terraces wasn't he he was, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw this described as a man whose enthusiasm knew no bounds and could almost frighten the opponents um, just because of his sheer um, verve for the game. Um, and I do remember, there's a little anecdote for the younger listeners, but um, I used to go in the seats sometimes. If I had a spare 10p, you could pay to get in the seats at the, the old den. And one of Harry Cripps's party pieces was if we got a free kick, he was a defender. So I think he was, it must have been a left-sided defender because he was always on our side. He would get a free kick, wait for the referee to turn his back and then still bending over to adjust the ball, would move forward about 10, 10 paces to steal 10 yards without standing up. Much to the amusement of the crowd, they loved it. They loved Harry Cripps, Neil. Um, it was a real thing. You could feel it, touch it. Yeah, shame, shame that he went so early in life do one of these shows with harry cripps how great would that be if i could have one show i would love to have spoken to harry um he just sounds like such a character he finished up at cholton i think i remember he had a season at cholton actually they were promoted i believe this is in the, the old division three days of the mid 70s and i think cholton were managed by a manager called andy nelson he snapped up harry when he when he left the den um, so yeah, it, it, his, his playing record was pretty good. Um, as well as this, he was he's an iconic figure. I mean, there's another word that gets overused, Neil. Um, but I think Harry, I think makes I very strong. <laughs> We're using some long words, listeners. This is why you tune into the show. This is why you tune into the show. Um, now, second on the appearance list is a name, um. Maybe that doesn't spring to mind in quite the same way. I don't know. Keith Stevens, Neil. 546 appearances for Mill across 1980 to 1999. Um, and he managed us. 
Um, 10 goals, 11, 11 off the substitute bench. Promoted twice as a player in 1984-85 and then 1987-88, part of the legendary um, promotion-winning side. Um, wouldn't I don't? I mean, great player, but he wouldn't. I, why does he not leap into my mind as a as a Millwall legend? Um, and I can't answer that question. But he, he doesn't spring as as naturally to mind as some of the other names we've mentioned already. How, how do you see Keith? Yeah. I think he'd be in my top ten. If I had to name a top 10 Millwall legends of all time, uh, uh, he would he would have to be in there just purely because he's the Rhino, isn't he? He's Rhino. He's the yeah. second second highest appearance, um, whatever whatever emotional or subjective view you want to take of him as, as a legend. I mean, he's certainly he's above Harry Cripps. We've, we've explored Harry already. Um, and then there's Rhino. On five five hundred and forty six is an immense amount of appearances. To um, another player that embodied or symbolised what Millwall is about, yeah, not yeah. the greatest player in the world, not the most naturally gifted player in the world, but gave you a hundred and ten percent every time he went out on that pitch, and he also chinned Lee Bowyer. <laughs> <laughs> That, that, that gives an extra extra impetus to his case for being a lion. I mean, all of these players, listeners, are lions legends. We're trying to we're trying to apply some measure of um, structure to this. So, um, I, I take my hat off to Keith Stevens, a truly truly immense figure in in playing terms for for North. And of course, as as a manager, he managed with uh, Macca and and single handedly at the end of the nineties when times were quite tough, financially quite quite tough for the lions. Um, so he has his place there, Neil. He, um, he helped bring through that great, yeah, great side. He, Harris, Cahill, uh, Paul yeah. Ifill, probably. I feel, yeah, Reed, Stephen Reed, um, Neil Bertram, you know, all the, the, the basis of the, of the championship, ends, yeah. He yeah. actually, yeah, well, let's forget how it ended that game at Brentford, which. I think so. Yeah, it didn't end well. Needed to be made. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it right. And one or two things I've heard of how the clubs treated him. Yeah. In more recent years, don't sit right. Is a stain on this club, and you're right. Doesn't sit right. I know they're being charged. He took a lot of took a lot of abuse at the Brentford game, um, which again to me. A bit like when Harris left us, Neil. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's in the moment, there's the heat of the moment, and I, I get that. But it, it does seem a tremendous shame when players of such immense, uh, made such an immense contribution to our club, start getting slagged in that way. Um, there we are. Um, but I think his contribution is as big as any of the names we've mentioned so far. It also was, as you say, instrumental in fielding the young Neil Harris, who we've already mentioned, um, makes a strong case of, of being a legend in his own right. But the number one, um, the highest appearance uh, in player for the club is the one and only, my, would, it would have been my choice as playing legend, uh, Barry Kitchener. Uh, 589 appearances, Neil. Seven of the sub. 28 goals from 1967 to 1983 and a part of a promotion side. 
of 75, 76. He was an immense figure in the middle defence and uh, my favourite player as a kid. Somebody else I'd love to have done one of these shows with. Uh, you speak to you speak to players from that era. Yeah, uh, it's a travesty how he never played for England. He was a far far better defender and yeah. player than people actually gave him credit for. Incredibly loyal player and a popular one. I think a legend is somebody that years after they finish playing they still get the kind of reception that Kitch w would get when he pitched up at the Den for a game. Yeah. Everybody of all eras. I think my son walked into him one day. I said, oh, you can't walk into Kitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could. You probably could because yeah. he was that kind of yeah. man. That's right. Um, That's right. A quick story just before... I wanted to I do where are they now it's for the football league paper. Yeah. And uh Kitch had this phone number for donkey's years that if you ever wanted him, you could get him. Right. Yeah? So I wanted to do a Millwall team that he played in. So I thought, oh well, I'll phone Kitch. Great, great guy. You ever phone him? Right. Whatever you need. So I dial this number. Not a voice I recognise on the end of the phone. I said, I was Kitch there, please. Not a bloody another one. I said, Excuse me. He said he's bloody moved and didn't take the phone number with him. He said, the countless number of bloody calls I get for this guy, Kitch. Who is he? <laughs> Who is he? Yeah. Like, Barry Kitchener. He's Barry Kitchener, mate. He said, who's Barry Kitchener? I said, oh, I said yeah. go on the internet and type in Barry Kitchener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can apologise. Ra-ra-zigga-zagga, Barry Kitchener. Um, I, I, I think it, as, as, a, as a, I mean, if you go into the embodiment kind of consideration, listeners, I think that Kitchener's got to be in, in that list. He's certainly at the top of the playing appearance list um and as a contrib contributor to the club he was part of my youth and um for that reason alone um he, he kind of he represented what it was to be a Millwall player and a Millwall fan he, he was rock he's a rock in defense and, alone he's a yeah but he yeah. qualifies as a legend but when you take in everything else yeah yeah but I said the top three it can go in any kind of order, can't it? Really, depending. Yeah, on I mean, we're not going to come to a definitive well, answer, but we're going to name the the big contenders, and I think he's got to be one of the big contenders, along with Harry. He would be in the top three, I think, along with Cripps, along with Harris, and this yeah. kid. It's Nick and Neil's Summer Millwall History Show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah. Well, Derek Cross is in the scoring legends. I mean, there's a difference of... um, Approach and it's unfair on defenders, listeners, because obviously the posse and and the others on this list are forwards, so that's the nature of their business to score goals. So it's hard on on a defender, but um, but if, if you take the embodiment, yeah, you speak to fans of your era, yeah, posse, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. The pos is right in there. He's and he was bang, a club legend. I mean, he was the club record goal scorer. Um, for many years, for many years, um, he was part and parcel of when I first started going listeners, which was the back end of the 71 72 season. I was really interested to see the um, the event that was held at the Mill Community Center recently, where um, some of the old players, Alan Dorney and Dennis Burnett, and and um, I think Steve Brian Brown King. was there, yeah, and Brian King, um, because that was. <laughs> They're, all, they're they're aging now. They're in their eighties, and they're you know they're, they're elderly gentlemen now. But when I started going, these were the boys. These were a team, a formidable team. It came achingly close, and being that very Millwall style, we just missed out. But Derek Posse was as dangerous a a forward as you could think of uh, in Millwall terms. Um, he's number four on the scoring legends, but just above Jack Cock. Now we've mentioned on our history shows. Previously on eighty three goals, Derek Posse on eighty seven. Interestingly, Steve Morrison at ninety two, and you wouldn't think of Steve Morrison being even in a debate of this kind, but there he is. He's on the on the third on the scoring all time list. Ninety two goals for for Morrow. Um, people now say he's a Millwall legend, but to me, he's not a Millwall legend. Yeah, he he falls into that. Was a very very good player for us, an excellent and a major contributor. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Doesn't um, quite step up to that legendary status, but if you're of a younger vintage, yeah, absolutely, your all-time favourite players, and you probably do look upon him, but in but in an historical sense, isn't a Millwall legend in in the true sense. No, I mean, for many people um, of a younger vintage, and, it's, you know, you can't help how old you are, listeners. So the fact that Neil and I are old gets means that we've seen things, I'm going to sound like at the end of the Blade Runner, we've seen things that you haven't seen. Um, but the, the goal that 
<laughs> the goal, goal at Wembley, um, the cross in from the from the left, and then Morrison to tap it home from the uh, Lee Gregory, wasn't it? Got a kind of header to it. Yeah. Um, is an iconic moment, Neil. Um, so why wouldn't he be considered if you were of a certain vintage uh, in, in amongst your your legendary list? But for me, I agree. Um, he's a very, very good player. 92 goals speaks how good a player he was for us. Um, Especially in that, in, in that first spell, before yeah. he went to Norwich, he was unplayable. Let's get it right. Yeah. There was a game, was it the Huddersfield? Yeah, playoff game. Yeah, yeah. He was absolutely unplayable at times. It was a very yeah. good. It, it was, and he was a lethal finisher. Something we don't yeah, get very was. often. Don't get very often at Millwall. Um, Posse was a lethal finisher, listeners. Steve Will Morrison was a all-time good player as one of our. Yeah players but not as a legend I think. no he's certainly he's, he's, for me you're right and, and there's there's an emotional quality on on, on that and um I, I agree he's a very very good player and a major contributor to our, our club's history but not a legend for me and neither interestingly he's one of the best if not the best player i ever saw um in a middle show it was teddy sheringham 111 goals and a member of the greatest side that got promoted in 1987-88 and then the great first division days um, so, but you wouldn't think of Teddy as a Mill legend, Neil, which is uh, for the similar reasons to Steve Morrison. I think there's there's a sense he was a major, major contributor to our club, but not quite with the emotional pull of uh, some of the other names that um, we've mentioned already. Yeah, probably. You, you, Teddy Sheringham is one of those that I'm on the fence about. You know, I don't sit on the fence too often. I generally say... No, no, you're a very beige, wishy-washy kind of bloke, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but one of those where you could make a case for him being yeah. a Millwall legend, and you could make a case for him maybe not being a Millwall legend. It's He's Absolutely. one of those... Yeah. He's one of those players where you can, where you can go either way on it. You can go with the wind. As some people do, and it's very trendy. <laughs> we don't go with the wind on this show, listeners. I don't go with the wind. I, I've got a great high regard for Teddy Sharing. He is the best in the sense of um, technical technical ability. Um, the best player I think I've seen in a Millwall shirt personally. His track record, his goal scoring record, the fact that he stayed with us when we were relegated. I've mentioned this a few times. Goes a long, long way with me. Yes, I know he moved on to West Ham in the end, but that's and he said he supported every club he signed up for. And you you know what? Yeah, that's, the funny that's thing is, yeah. Harris is a legend. Let's get it right. Yeah, yeah. But would he get in front of Teddy Sheringham and Derek Posse? No, no, no is the answer to that question. No. If you were naming. Your all-time Millwall eleven. It's strange because probably not. Probably I'm saying no decisively. I'm getting back on the fence. Yeah, if well, if your all-time record goal scorer can't get in that side, maybe he shouldn't be a legend. But he is a legend because he is our all-time leading goal scorer. He survived cancer. He played in a cup final. He almost got us his goals almost single-handedly won as a. Second division, uh, second division title. He would have played in the Premier League if it hadn't have been for. Well, that's an interesting point. I was just going to pick up on that, and I was going to ask a question of you, Neil, because I think 
Teddy Sheringham doesn't need to prove whether he could play at the very highest level because he went on to show that he could and did. He played for Manchester United, won the lot, England, um, Spurs. Doesn't need to show that that is self-evident that he was of a Premier League quality. Derek Posse, I believe, um, was good enough. He, his career went off the boil when he left us. He went to Palace, didn't he? Um, and he never quite made it to the heights that I thought, and maybe he thought he he um, he should have. He finished up, I think, playing in America in the USA, which was a bit of a probably a step down from where he should have been. Um, I don't know if I'm being out of turn on, on saying that, but I think Teddy Sheringham, Derek Posse, both in their pomp, were was a Premier League level strike force. Neil, as good as anything, absolutely, absolutely. And if you and if you go back in time. Jack Cock mm. was probably one of the great goal scorers of his time. But yeah. obviously nobody's seen him play. So, but, but Harris wouldn't get involved or in front of those two in my all-time greatest Millwall side. And that is probably something that we can come on to. Of, yeah, it's probably actually another show. Yeah, no, I agree. Agree. Pick our all-time Millwall teams. I know you did it on the official club podcast. Yeah, uh, I mean that, that was it was that was that was slightly hurried because I didn't have any time to think about it deeply. So I was kind of trying to do it on the hoof a little bit there. And I, I hope I did an okay job. This you can always argue about every every position. Exactly. I think Neil Neil Harris. Um, as an all-time goal, club goal scorer, 130. And I'm not going to minimise Neil's achievement. I think he's I'm going to come back to him by the end of this show, listeners. Um, but I think that his goals were scored in the predominantly in a lower level, Division Three, as I would think of it, the third tier, the, champ, uh, the League One level. Um, some in the in the Championship, um, whereas Teddy and and Posse to some extent have both had the well Teddy did score goals at a higher level Posse probably should have done um I just think they they came from a different uh level the only thing I would say with Neil Harris Neil and I don't want to um down him too much because obviously there was Neil Harris pre-cancer and there was Neil Harris post-cancer wasn't there um the young Neil Harris was as hungry and as dangerous a striker um as I can remember seeing it's just he didn't we didn't see that that side of him for very long because of illness and health. I think we'd have struggled to have kept hold of him that summer after promotion, actually. Yeah, Spurs and uh, Liverpool reputedly were coming in, weren't they? Yeah, time. West Ham apparently were interested yeah. in one or two other clubs. So yeah. I think we struggled to have kept hold of him, but I think he'd have migrated back to us eventually. Yeah. Probably would have been as quickly as it turned out. Uh, I think he had two or three spells, didn't he, towards the end? Yeah, um, and he, he, you know, increasingly exploited his experience to make the most of League One situations, and he, he was a very intelligent player. Yeah, his exactly. Body was failing. Body was failing him, so um, you know, he, he used his his nous, which was considerable. And let's not forget his managerial um, contribution as well, which um, smokes him out. Um, from some of the other names, to be to be honest. It's Nick and Neil's Summer Millwall History Show. My final list was one of these things. You do these in in um, as a kind of a, like a, what do they call them? Icebreakers in, in team meeting lists. I'm sure a lot of you out there have done this, 
where you write on the wall your my symbolism list here, Neil. This is where you just put your names on a, and, and scroll on a, on a whiteboard. Um, who, who I would have thought of as Lions legends based on zero thinking or research. So I've written Crips, uh, Kitch, we've mentioned Teddy, I've written on there, Terry Herlock, Rhino, and Bomber. Just these were just names that came to me when I thought, well, who might, who might we finish up with? Um, and I think you know, we can eliminate and, 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 and include some names over others based on what we've said in the show. But it's just interesting to me that the names that appear, there's only one name that appears in all three lists, and that's Neil Harris. That's playing legends, uh, the, the appearances, scoring, and then this very um, airy-fairy symbolism idea, that's an embodiment idea that I've, I've tried to put into, 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 into words. You're going to be taking your pick, really, in truth, between Neil Harris, in my opinion, Harry Cripps, and Barry Kitchener, if you're going to come up with a Lions legend, and really it's permanently anyone from those three, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah, I've said it a few times now. It's <laughs> There's no right and there's no wrong in this. That's no. unless Jed Wallace is a Millwall legend, and then you're quite obviously wrong. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, yeah, no, this is, a, yeah, no, well, I'm not bashing him. Seriously, honestly, I don't want to be cancelled. I'm not bashing him. Yeah, but just he's a very good player. player. He's a very yeah. good player. We we, we wish him well. Player. And yeah. I go back to what I said in a couple of other sh- uh, shows. I think he'll end up back with us. Yeah, I think some. you're right. Yeah, no, I think you. I think that. Back. And then Kenny to be a legend. Yeah, maybe. And then maybe we have this discussion in five years' time. If we, yeah, God, God, God willing, we're still here for it. But um, I mean, there's a clear emotional connection. When I was at Bournemouth on, on Saturday, and the end bit was, it was quite touching, to be honest, when he came over to the crowd and the applause, and it was, clearly he was touched, there were tears in his eyes. And there's a clear emotional connection. And I, I don't knock that. We are an emotional club at the end of the day. We're not a club based on. Um, rooflessness. <laughs> um, I, two, I th- yeah, there are two or three other players that symbolize us, and I'm yeah. going to say they symbolize everything. Uh, Kevin Muscat, even though he's only around for two or three seasons, Kevin Muscat yeah. was cool, what yeah. you want in a Millwall player. He just didn't give a shit, did he? Hard as <laughs> and it's good, it was good as well. Yeah. Yeah. And was a good player, not yeah. an all-time legend, not one of our all-time great players. Yeah, because no, he wasn't no. around. But symbolizes uh, somebody else who symbolizes everything that Millwall is about is Alan Dunn, and this is going yes. to surprise a lot of people, given yeah. my track record. And <laughs> but <laughs> for somebody who probably by his own admission he wasn't the greatest player in the world. No. But played for us, I don't know how many times, 350 times, something like that. I can maybe. tell you, I can tell you, he was number six. He just didn't make our top, my list of top five appearances. He made uh, 348 appearances, 39 off the bench, and scored a very creditable 23 goals in that time as yeah. a defender. And another player that symbolises everything that Millwall's about. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to be the greatest player in the world, but effort gets you a long way. An effort got him nearly 400 appearances for us, and I'd love to play once for Millwall. He's played 400 times, nearly. Absolutely. Let me let me on the same same theme. 
the done the done theme. Um, I want to throw in the uh, Najim Abdu, Jimmy Abdu. Jimmy Abdu will be know, remembered. The same, the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Jimmy Abdu could pass a football, yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't yeah, be playing at Millwall, would he? He would be. Exactly. Nor would, nor would Tony Cray. Three hundred three hundred appearances, and yeah. you know, another another Millwall fan. I think. I think there's. These shows are very hard to. I mean, there is no definitive answer, listeners. I can tell you what my definitive answer is in a minute. But Robbie Ryan, um, another Robbie one from Ryan, yeah, um, not the greatest then, player, but gave you everything when he went out onto that pitch. Tony Craig, as you've quite rightly said, Nick, Les Briley, Les Briley, and under underrated because everyone talks about. The epitome of Mill being Terry Herlock, and he, but he had a double act going with with Les Briley, another very Ray hot... later on. Yeah. Probably actually will be remembered as maybe he's pushing up there as one of our all time great so, players. You know, Riley, yeah, there's people. Steve Wood maybe a little bit towards an extent. Maybe I'm just throwing out names now, and I. Well, to um, some level, that's that's what you do in these shows. I mean, we've mentioned Herlock, and I don't want to sound like I'm knocking Terry Herlock because I love Terry Herlock. He was a very good player, play for England, uh, you know, England B, um, and he had quality on the ball. But he, he had a, a career that took him to many clubs. For some reason, he found an emotional connection at Mill, but he's played at Rangers and, and uh, Southampton, I think Fulham he played for. Um, so for me, for that reason, he's a very, very good player. He isn't, he isn't in the category of... Mill legend, and yet he would be one. On, I've got him on my symbolism list here, Neil, um, which is a great, great feat and achievement for him. Make my symbolism list. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just to sum up the show for me, and I'll come back to you, Neil. Um, my my choice of Mill legend, the only name that appears in all of these uh, three categories that I've got is Neil Harris. His picture is up on the on the on the railway arch. Um, so by any logical stand, I should say Neil Harris, but I'm going to say grab Barry Kitchener because I'm an emotional Millwall fan at the end of the day. So Kitch for me, but there's a case for any any of those. I'm afraid. Who would you go for in the end if you have to choose one? Oh, probably Kitch, Harris, and then Cripps. Somebody who we haven't mentioned, and I mm. think it's an all-time legend, is Tim Cahill. Cahill. Will yeah. be remembered as one of our all-time great players at a level, Des- World Cup level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, deserves legendary status for the cup semi-final winner. Yeah, and um, is definitely one of our all-time great players. If you name an all-time great side from all eras, Tim Cahill has to be in there because he. People ask me to name. In the last 10 years, 15 years, you have all-time favourite Millwall players. Muscat, for me, is up there. That's an interesting choice, yeah. No, it's an absolute lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> I see a bit myself in that. Um, uh, and then I would name Tim Cahill. Uh, yeah. As more recent times, as because he was just... He was quality, wasn't he? He was absolute quality, and he stuck with us. I know we didn't get as much from him as we should have done, and because we let his contract run down, he wasn't going to sign another one. He was part of that great era 
at the golden days, yeah, member of a golden at, side, at the turn yeah. of the century, wasn't it? Which, which, if you want to debate your best mill, the best Millwall sides ever, you've got the legendary fifty-nine game unbeaten run side. You've yeah. got the side that Benny Fenton built and got us to within a few minutes of the first division. You've got Doc side that God has promoted and then we stayed up. Yeah. Then you've got that McGee slash Period. Yeah, yeah. Uh Dennis yeah. Wide side. Yeah. Cahill deserves Cahill would be one of my all time favourite players and would be a legendary player in my view. There we are, listeners. We can't solve this conundrum. No one can. Nobody Everyone can. can it's, it's there's no as we've said. There's no right and there's no wrong in this. But no. I think you need some historical context when you're claiming that a modern day player who's about to leave is a Millwall legend because when you examine it, he isn't. But but if you but if but if you think that. Well, you're wrong, but, <laughs> but well, <laughs> do, do, do send your complaints about the show to Neil Fisler on on Twitter, listeners. No, do let us know what you think. Um, it's been a fascinating show. This is the, the opener for a series of shows that we're going to do, examining various historical figures and incidents and and and, uh, and storylines. Um, and I'm hoping we've that we've wetted. Blind. We've got yeah. some absolute blinders lined up. We do. Some stuff that I've literally fallen across. And uh, It's in the nature of our club, Neil. We are a club that that, um, always has a story and that's what we're hoping to try and capture in this series this summertime. Blind him on about German POWs coming up. There we Um, are. Yeah, well, we... And that was found just purely because I was looking at Jack Cox's life and happened to read the Daily Mail and this <laughs> he mentioned in this story, and I think oh, I didn't even know about that. Right, summer history podcast. <laughs> this is why we do it. Um, we hope we've whetted your appetite, dear listener. Thank you for listening to this show. Um, from Neil and myself, it's a big thank you, and we'll be back very, very soon with the first edition proper in Neil and Nick's summer history shows. So until then, thank you for listening, and bye for now. It's Nick and Neil's Summer Millwall History Show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.